Welcome to the Mike Litton Experience Podcast. Mike has over 31 years experience in real estate, finance, and investing. He's passionate about being a father, a teacher, a realtor, an investor, and a leader. Everyone has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. And now, introducing the host of the Mike Litton Experience, Mike Litton. So what can you expect from the Mike Litton Experience? You can expect stories that will inspire, motivate, advice that will sharpen your focus, and expert information on real estate, finance, and market conditions. Masood, thank you so much for joining us for the Mike Litton Experience. I know how busy you are, and I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to do this with us. It really means the, the world to me from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. And Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy to be on. Uh, thank you for supporting us and anything I could do to support uh, great people like yourself. I'm, I'm definitely uh, here to do that. So excited to have a great conversation with you today. Appreciate you, bud. So just like we talked about before we hit record, everybody has a story and our passion is to help them tell it. And the thing we get excited about is we're going to have you tell your life story today. And what's going to happen is people are going to hear it and they're going to connect with you any number of ways, right? It might be where you went to school. It might be your favorite subject. It might be that you have a, a daughter, you know, whatever, right? Could be Ch Reddy's Children's Hospital, which I know we'll talk about in a little bit. So it, what we know is people will connect with you and what will happen through that connection is it'll inspire and motivate them to go do things that they were thinking about doing. But because you did it and because they connected with you, they'll go out and do it. And we're all about inspiration and motivation here. Okay. Love so it. with that, if it's okay with you, let's start at the very beginning. Where were you born? I was born in uh, Kabul, Afghanistan. Uh, okay. Back in uh, 1978, so okay. it's it's been some time. Couple uh, couple years ago. Couple years ago, yeah. Um, I was born there and uh, uh, lived there until I was about, I believe, five, six, five years old or so, four or five years old, somewhere around that time. I, I don't remember it much, but I yeah. remember l l vividly some of the streets, our house, uh, but didn't. Um, get raised raised up there we the uh, war happened the cold war with the russians and afghanistan and uh, luckily uh, my father and mother decided to do a courageous act and leave everything uh, in afghanistan and uh, to immigrate to pakistan um, so wow. it was during that time that we had to leave and pretty much move from the border of Afghanistan to, to Pakistan. And um, really, uh, th they did something that was really, at the time, I didn't know I was a little kid. Obviously, I didn't I didn't know what was going on, but they did something that was really courageous and uh, for them for them to leave everything behind and, and move to Pakistan. But they did it in a way where we had to, it was a, a days of... Uh, getting through someone people helped us to get across because at that time you weren't able to really freely leave because the war was happening right um so, so they everything kind of locked down yeah locked down they uh but luckily uh my father had the means and connections to help us get across and we did but I, from what my mom was telling me there were some scary times where during that process that we, we got stopped my father even had a gun pulled on him as far as yeah like what you're doing but uh, i'm not sure exactly what he said but he used his leadership skills to help us get across so thankfully we then stayed in pakistan for about a year or so until we were ready to get sponsored uh by my aunt that lived in um uh, the states and um from there then we moved over to from all places, uh, Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So, uh, I was, we were there for a year and all I remember is just, uh, just great childhood experiences. I don't remember all these things that I'm talking to you about. I just remember a lot of love yeah. connection with my family and just a good time running around the different streets. If it was Afghanistan, Pakistan, and then I was in Nebraska for a short period of time and just having a lot of fun as a kid. 
And then from there, we moved to um, New York, Bronx, because my grandparents were there. Um, and then we were there for, for I think, a, a less than a year and then finally made our way to California. So happy uh, my dad and he had some friends that lived in San Diego. They talked to him how great San Diego was. And then luckily uh, we came here. So I'm just really blessed and grateful and fortunate that my parents made that decision to move to the States and then uh, from all places ended up in San Diego and pretty much my childhood. Uh, I grew up here in San Diego, went to That's awesome. middle That's school. Awesome. Yeah. So you're born in Kabul. Correct. You make your way to, and it sounds like your parents left everything behind. They did. They make their way to Pakistan. You. It sounds like you barely get into Pakistan. And then you end up in Omaha, Nebraska, of all places, right? Correct. For a year. And then from there, you go to the Bronx. And then from there, you go to San Diego. So you've been sort of, <laughs> right? You're, I mean, what a, what a, what a trip, huh? I mean, yeah, that that's that's amazing. So my son, Michael, um, they call him Little Michael, even though he's six foot five and wears <laughs> size fourteen men's shoe. Right? He's way bigger than me. Um, Michael went to school at University of Nebraska at Lincoln. Oh, okay. And has a ton of friends in in Omaha, right? <clears throat> and his freshman year, he met a girl that is for, who's Af Afghanistani, Afghani by by. Um, by heritage, right? Sure. And her mom had immigrated to Lincoln from Afghanistan and her dad. Okay. Oh, wow. So Michael couldn't come home because he finished school every on, on Thanksgiving. He finished school at the end of Wednesday. And so there really wasn't any way to get him home unless we flew, flew him home on Thanksgiving, you know, kind of thing. So yeah. we didn't fly him home for four years. He stayed there. He went to until Thanksgiving dinner at this lady's house, this yeah. girl's mom's house, right? Mm -hmm. In Lincoln. They practically adopted him. <laughs> and so we call her his Afghan mom. That's funny. And they he literally went to Thanksgiving dinner every year, Thanksgiving, for five Thanksgivings. Okay. He was there four and a half years. So he was there five. That's they so had 88 people there the last year he was there. Yeah. Or Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> at one house. And yeah. I and I was in that house and it's not that big. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Okay. And he would always go home with this thing of of leftovers and like she he'd go there like weekly and she'd yeah. feed him and right. The kid loves Afghan food. He just <laughs> thinks that's the best food on the planet now. I mean, he is and he's and completely in love with this woman that we call his Afghan mom, right? And we went back there for his graduation, you know, halfway through his fifth year, right? Yeah. And we ended up taking her to, to dinner. We went over and took her some some flowers and thanked her for, you know, loving on our son for so long. And she cried and my mother cried and it was, we all cried. It was, it was a mess, but it was really cool. And we took her out to dinner to thank her and all that kind of thing. And um, I, I'm, she's, she's absolutely one of our favorite people in the world. And that, and Michael now has, probably 30, maybe 40 uh, friends that are either Afghan or they're somewhere like there's one from mm -hmm. Azerbaijan. Okay. There's one that's from um, what used to be, it's an African country. I can't remember the name of it. Eritrea, yeah. Eritrea. Anyway, um, Ethiopia, maybe it was yeah, Ethiopia. Yeah, Ethiopia. Uh, uh, Etrian, I think something like something that. Something like that. Anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, it's crazy that he is like this incredible cross-section of international friends, basically, right? Um, and it's really cool. It's, they're a cool group and she could not be sweeter. There's no way. So I'll bet you guys know each other somehow, you know what I mean? Somehow, somehow. Because it's a, it's, I found out it's a really tiny world um, of people that have come over here from, from Afghanistan. So I didn't know you were born there. That's wild. Yeah. So, so you grew up for all intents and purposes, grew up in, in, um in san diego what was your favorite thing about growing up in san diego my favorite thing i think it was just the time with with my family i, I know um i know you mentioned there's so many different people uh, there's like 80 people in a tiny house like when we first came to the uh, san diego we had to 
we didn't have a lot of means. So we were getting some government support and all of our family, my, my family, my aunts, uncles, grandparents, we all lived in the little tiny house together. And I just remember that being so fun, probably not as much fun for my parents and <laughs> older people as a kid. I thought it was a blast. Everybody was everywhere, laying down and eating together, hanging out. <laughs> then eventually we got like uh, our own apartment or house to rent. So we go from a tiny house with like 25, 30 people in it and then to a second home uh, where more people are dispersed. And then eventually we go to this place in Lemon Grove called Westview. And it's just this like community of of people from Afghanistan, um, obviously other ethnicities there too, but uh, uh, my, it was my family, my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, they all had their apartment and we would all just see each other like every week go to each other's homes have dinner together have uh, be there on the we weekends and it was just a great time and experience just being together with family me hanging out with my cousins meeting people around uh, other people in the streets that were from afghanistan and, and started making friends with uh, obviously people outside of that afghans but it was just a really neat thing growing up and just getting having a little community, right? Because yeah. when you first start, like, didn't speak speak English, so I was just learning. But having a, a community together, it felt good for for us, and then also for my my parents too. Um, but anything, I'm I'm just really big on family and spending time with loved ones is just really really um, important to me, and love that part of San Diego. So now that you're a dad, I'll bet you appreciate even more how much your parents helped make your child your childhood so simple. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like yeah. now that we're parents, we we look back and we're like, wow. You know, I I mean, I don't I just it's just something it's something I appreciate a lot about my parents and how they raised me. Because, you know, we had a lot of love growing up, right? And a lot of family and a lot of, I mean, not everybody got along, but families don't always get along. You know what I mean? Uh, but we all loved each other and it was, um, it was cool. Yeah. I think that's what it was all about. Like we, we grew up on welfare, food stamps, but I didn't know that we were poor. I just knew that there was so much love and simple life yeah. and just my parents spent the time with me and my siblings and we were just all together as a family with love laughter joy and happiness and those simple things meant the world to me yeah with all the stuff going on in afghanistan i bet they felt lucky to be here oh yeah very much amazing right? especially leaving at that time we were blessed and grateful and and now and since we've left has just been unfortunately a lot of chaos and it continues to be there so i'm grateful and blessed that all my my family my immediate family are here in the states and grateful and blessed to be an, an american yeah so here's a question for you so who was the most influential person to you growing up huh i think that's a question i get asked and depending on where I'm at in my life, I it can kind of go different ways. Obviously, I've had coaches. I played a lot of basketball, and I see them as as mentors and and teachers as well too. Um, but I I would say it was just my mom and dad. I, I think at the end of the day, is just like how they were as human beings, as as people, as leaders i know they didn't have much but they were just a, a leader and sh showing like hey how you can live life without having much and just being able to be true to yourself take care of the people that you love um be trustworthy honest and just work hard and um there's opportunity and they just kept on in in graving that into me and um i think that it's a big reason who I am is because of um, how I grew up and how my mom and dad influenced me. And unfortunately, my dad was only with us till I was 18 because he passed away That's from true. a heart attack. Thank you. Um, but again, those are things in, in life that shape you to the person you are today. But um, thankfully, my mom's still here with us and continues to be 
Um, she had a scare with cancer too, but she's beat that. It's just been a challenging life, but a blessed life. And I'm just fortunate and happy to have to go through the, the things we I've gone through. And I am who I am is because of those life experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. So where'd you go to high school? I went to Helix High School okay. uh, in the Mesa area. Okay. Yeah, I played basketball there all four years. Um, so I was, I was a big, I never knew about basketball until like, I think it was seventh grade. I picked up a ball and just started playing. And then there was a middle school team for me to be a part of. And then I just loved it and started playing basketball and went to Helix. And it was, Helix was a great school, great, obviously, sports school and, and, uh, later found out that basketball isn't going to be my career then started getting really focused on schoolwork and then uh, uh, met some good people that were smarter than me and just went full focused on uh, school and did the whole ASB president um, so oh, early on know. I started in leadership and just fell in love with that um, it was just something I always wanted to do is just continue to help influence lead and 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 help others and uh and i was able to do that in high school oh wow that's cool man so what was your favorite subject in high school my favorite subject in high school trying to think <laughs> um other than basketball uh, yeah the, the <laughs> other than than pe or basketball because that that, that that was a big part <laughs> that of that was it. my favorite subject right yeah my favorite subject was recess i was that kid that would sit in class and look outside, yeah. ready to go, right? That's where I needed to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And and besides like ASB student body, I, I think I would say, I don't know, that's, that's, a, that's a good question, Mike. I, I think it ended up, I, I would say it was, it was probably math because okay. it's just learning different numbers and equations and just... Um, I, I really, really enjoyed that because I'm a really numbers guy. And I think I, I, I enjoyed that. Obviously took English and history. No, those were all great, but I think math was 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 my favorite subject. That's cool. So you graduate high school. Mm -hmm. Where do you go then? I go to UCSD. So um went to UCSD. I was uh thinking I was gonna be a doctor pre-med. I went with a couple buddies um from high schools that went there and we, we lived in the dorm together that was fun I was part of a fraternity at UCSD I rushed and um and yeah I was I was thinking about pre-med going through those courses biology chemistry but then I decided you know this is just not not a right uh fit for me um and after my my father passed away because after my first year in in college um i come home and i'm there and unfortunately the next day i i see my dad um passed away from from a heart attack and i was the only one at the house it was just a tragedy and uh it's it's stuck with me um and i thought yeah i'd want to continue pursuing medicine because of that too but um I just found out later I was just doing it for the the wrong reasons and yeah. and and decided to switch from being a, a biology major. I ended up getting my uh, minor in biology and chemistry because I took so many courses, yeah. but decided to switch it to 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 do economics. But UCSD was fun. I had a, a group of friends that we were always studying together, playing basketball, doing the intramural sports, and just. Uh, figuring out life, the college life, but yeah. it was a great time. Yeah, UCSD is amazing. I used to use their, when I was in high school and in college, I would use their library. Oh yeah. So I got to spend a lot of time down there and I absolutely fell in love with the students. I fell in love with the staff. I fell in love with the campus, the whole thing. So I was actually out there the other day for the first time in probably 10 years. And there was a basketball tournament between uh, our basketball tournament in Oklahoma University was in the basketball tournament and they were playing um, the championship game against USC. I see. And we were planning on going and it turned, we got our wires crossed somehow and we ended up without tickets. Um, so it's not never a good idea to go to a sold out tournament 
without tickets, right? It, you know, we thought we had them, but it, anyway, you got our wires crossed. So we end up going to BJ's down the way in La Jolla um, and watching it from there and hanging out in the bar. We had more fun anyway. So, and Oklahoma won. So it was good. We're good. Oh, oh, great. But it brought back a ton of memories. And it was amazing how much UCSD has changed in the last 10 years. It doesn't look like the same place. I mean, yeah, I haven't been there for a while. But it's amazing, man. That's it's right. Amazing. Here, I need, I need to go check it out. But I remember after not, I, I moved back from living in the dorms, once my father passed away, I moved back home. And I remember just going to school from uh, in the morning and staying there to like studying and living, pretty much living in the library and then coming back home like 10, 11 at night after doing working out, playing in the gym, some basketball as well too. Um, but I, I lived in UCSD for those four years. Um, even though I didn't live on campus, I pretty much spent all my time and it, 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 was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a cool place, man. It really is. So you graduate UCSD with a degree in economics and a minor in bio, in biology and chemistry, right? Correct. Then where do you go? Then I uh, was trying to figure out, like, what do I want to do with my life if it's not going to be a doctor? Because being Middle Eastern, too, you're, you're like, you're either a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. Right. Um, so for me, it was a doctor, but then I decided that wasn't it. Um so, so then I was just doing a bunch of internships and trying to figure out like what I want to do. So I did a bunch in medical and I decided, you know, it's not, not for me when in the hospital. And then uh, I started looking into like, Hey, finance, do I want to get into finance and started looking into like um, some investment banking or also management consulting um, looked at different job Fairs there applied at different places. Um, fortunately, I didn't get into any of those places. I got into this company called uh, Accredited Home Lenders. Okay, which was a wholesale mortgage bank. Yeah, I know had them this, well. Like, um, yeah, you know, uh, they had this management trainee program. And my cousins, they used to have a mortgage company in the Bay Area, and they're telling me to come work with them. I go, you know what, I went to school I I think I should use my degree for something right. I can always come work with you guys but you guys are doing it you guys didn't go to get a degree or anything so I need to go work corporate for first and just see that direction because I thought going through the corporate ladder would be the best move and gives me some pedigree and so I did that because it had like this whole mortgage banking program understanding the ins and outs of uh that and they had a, a whole year training i said i'll do that and then see what happens so i pretty much learned the ins and outs of mortgage banking um understanding lending appraisals worked in the appraisal department worked in underwriting wow. worked in the secondary market and just really understood like how mortgage banking works and then i also saw the sales side of it as being a, a wholesale rep where you're out there working with mortgage brokers and being able to offer them your loans to work with you. And I did that for a year and I saw, you know, I was making good money as like, right after college. And um, I said, this is good. But then I started seeing what the mortgage brokers were making on these <laughs> closing statements. And, mm -hmm. and I said, well, they're making a lot more. And that's what my cousins and family members were doing in the Bay area. I said, maybe I should look into this a little bit more. So yeah. after two years of doing that, my cousin um, said, yeah, there's, because uh, I didn't want to go and just be a loan officer. I wanted to go run a company or start open up a, a, a branch. So he said, I have an opportunity for you to help us open up a branch in San Diego because they were in Northern California. I said, okay, great. So me and, um, he, and, and he had someone else working for him in the Bay Area, and he was moving down to San Diego. So it kind of worked out timing. So me and this other individ individual, we started, we opened up this uh, mortgage company called Community One. And um, it was good. Um, I transitioned out of accredited. I was able to work there still and part-time start the mortgage company, and then eventually transition full-time in 2004. Um, 
it was when I started the mortgage company. And uh, it was just the right timing. Mortgage business was great. Yeah. Uh, we it brought on a lot of people, hired people, hired a lot of family. Being Afghan, had a lot of family members that wanted to come work in San Diego with me. So we just started growing organically in Mission Valley. And then uh, from there, I decided to get my broker's license and kind of do our own thing, me and my business partner and, and outside of my, my family's uh, business. So we did that. And then we just really grew the company. Uh, I think at one point we had maybe 200 loan officers. Wow. We had, uh, I think, six six or seven locations. Um, so really grew the business and uh, we're doing a, a lot of, a lot of uh, loan volume. Um, and that, that was good. It was great. And, and I was start, we were starting to think and how, what else could we be doing besides just mortgages? Sure. So we saw an opportunity that where we were seeing, where can we be vertically integrated? And uh, we were sending a lot of our business, obviously, to escrow, mm -hmm. a lot of loans, 100, 200 loans a month. So got an opportunity, saw Foundation Escrow, was looking, uh, the owner at the time in, was looking to sell in 2007, bought Foundation Escrow. Wow. Um, so then Foundation Escrow was just doing pretty much the escrows for our mortgage company. Mm -hmm. and um, And that was good. But I said, well, maybe this can stand on its own because yeah. we brought on another employee where she was doing business outside of our mortgage company and had a bunch of real estate agents sending them business. And I said, well, the escrow fees are a lot more mm -hmm. <laughs> on the uh, purchase on the side, purchase side yeah. refinance. So let's see what we could do with this. And then just started really growing the escrow foundation escrow and started bringing in other clients, um, brought in great team members to really help grow it, uh, escrow officers. So eventually it was where 99% of the business was the mortgage company, first financials business that the escrow company was handling. Then it pretty much kind of flipped where it was a lot more of outside business. So we did that in 2007, bought foundation escrow, also, uh, we were sending out a lot of direct mail being a lender. I don't know how much we were probably sending out a couple hundred thousand mailers a month. Mm -hmm. So it was costing us a lot of money. So I said, well, this is an expense um, for us. What else could we do to maybe reduce our expenses here? Why don't we just go buy a, a direct mail company? So I ended up buying a direct mail company in Boise, Idaho. Yeah, not a bad we, idea. Yeah, that wasn't a bad idea and actually was good for a few years, uh, printing and mailing. Um, so had that business as well, too. And being in your mid-20s, you just obviously you're just trying to test things out and mm -hmm. you don't know what's a good idea or a bad idea. So why don't you just try it, right? Exactly. How will, how will you know until you try it, right? Yeah. And you, you don't have as much fear, right? You don't have that fear of failure or anything like that. You've never done it. So let's just they just keep going. So we did, yeah. I, we did that. And the direct mail company in Idaho, there was a printing mailing shop and figured out how to run that, do that business. And that was good for a while. Um, and we just grew, grew, grew. And then 2008 hit, right? Um, 2008 hit with the mortgage crisis and mortgage business went down and the direct mail company started becoming a liability instead of an asset and uh, just trying to figure things out from 2008 to 2010. And the thing that did continue to stay, do well and was stable was the escrow business. Because mm -hmm. during, it doesn't matter if it's a, a traditional sale, a short sale, a, a, a REO, a refinance, or any type of transaction, if you need to do, uh, do any type of closing, yeah. An escrow company can do that. Doesn't matter what type. So, and it didn't rely solely on our business. We had a uh, obviously we were growing it and had other um a lot more clients, agents, lenders that were using the escrow company and and that was doing well. And I said, I think we have something here. Yeah. And sure. uh, 
really started putting more time and focus on in, in the escrow company. Um, unfortunately, um, in 2010, me and my business partner split up, decided that it just wasn't uh, a right fit. Um, and sometimes partnerships work that way, right? Yeah, that happens. It runs its course. It, it's good for a while. And then sometimes it doesn't uh, work. So then I took over the escrow company. He kept the mortgage and the direct mail company. And from 2011, I just haven't looked back and just been really focused on um, how do we improve the escrow experience? How do we make buying and selling simple? And just being really focused on escrow and growing that business um, has been really uh, a great experience from 2011 and on. And we've been able and fortunate enough to bring in some great team members, some great escrow officers that provide great escrow experience um, to our partners like yourself and buyers and sellers, our sales team that does a phenomenal job that is out there providing value and how we can help partner with our realtor partners and grow their business. So it's just been a great way of um, helping my our agents grow their business, but also um, our team members too. And it's been really fulfilling to see how our team members have continued to grow. Yeah. As well. So I don't know if you know this, but I owned a Keller Williams office for 18 years. No, no, I didn't know that. And I had a number of vendors that wanted to call on our office, obviously, right? We had a couple of hundred agents, the whole thing. So one of the things that was a rule was if you came to the office with value as a vendor, if you figured out a way to add value to the agents, you could stay. But if all you were doing was coming to the office with your handout, as a vendor, you're out of here. Okay. Right. And I didn't remove a lot of vendors, but there were a few that I, that I showed to the door. So adding value, as I'm sure you can imagine as a broker owner, right. And also a practitioner. And, you know, I've been doing this for 32 years now. Wow. I've done thousands and thousands of home loans. I've done thousands of real estate transactions, right. I've been around the block a few thousand times. Sure. And what was interesting to me was last year, I had heard about Foundation Escrow, but I had never met anybody from Foundation Escrow. And Ryan Lipsy and I had a meeting in Carlsbad at a Loan Depot office of all things. He was going there for, uh, for, a, for a training and he was helping to arrange it, that kind of thing. And so I met him there before the training. And he said, hey, you know, you might want to stay for this. This is a, this foundation escrow is putting on this, this training and you might want to stay for it. It might be something that, that might be of value to you. Mm -hmm. And I thought about it for a second. Where I really was going was I was leaving. I had other things on my schedule and I needed to go, right? I only right. had time for that meeting with him and I was leaving. And I looked up and the, the the Loan Depot, the owner of the office, the Loan Depot loan officer, his wife was trying to carry stuff in, snacks and things for the for the attendees and all that, you know, and she's trying to do that. She's got kids around her ankles, little ones around her ankles and stuff. And, you know, being a dad and having um, having a wife that raised our kids and, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, so I went and helped her carry and all this kind of thing. And I started thinking about it and I thought, you know what, it, what would it hurt to stay? Yeah, it's fine. Right. I can go do these other things tomorrow or whatever. So I stayed and I sat down and I got my notebook out or my pad of paper out. And this girl gets up, young lady gets up and she starts talking about Google and she starts talking about Internet. And she starts talking about realtor presence and she's you know talking about all this stuff. And I mean, she is brilliant. And I mean, brilliant. I've spent all this time in my life evaluating talent. And from the minute she opened her mouth, I just went, what? Right? And I literally wrote down on my pad, I have to get together with her. I have to schedule an appointment with her. So 
she goes through and does this training. Most of it is way like completely over my head. Okay. I mean, she is so, and you know who I'm talking about, Haywan, right? Haywan, yeah. She's just amazing. I mean, this girl is like a savant. Okay. <laughs> and I'm watching her and I'm listening to her and I'm trying to keep up with her. I'm trying. It's not working, but I'm trying. And so I end up writing down, I'm, I got to get together with her, you know, da, 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 right? So I go up and introduce myself to her and tell her how talented I think she is and how amazing she is at training and all this. And, and I told her, I said, I can't thank you enough. I'm so glad I stayed. And so I left and got busy and all that kind of thing. A couple of months go by and I have a listing coming up and it's a client of mine that's been a client for 20 some years. And I call a friend of mine and I said, hey, who do you know that's in the escrow business? And she's like, oh, you have got to meet Rudy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right? And so I meet Rudy. Well, immediately, of course, I fall in love with Rudy and I use Rudy on this on this listing and then I use him on another one, right? Naturally, I, I've, I've literally never worked with anybody as good as he is. And I've been doing this a very long time. Um, fantastic. And then I met Natasha, who absolutely knocked it out of the park with me. Um, you have assembled, I think, the best team in escrow. I truly believe that. Thank and you. I and every single one of them credits you for them being there. Every single one of them, and they just glow when they talk about you. And that's not true of every owner of every company. Okay. Yeah. And that's how I knew that you and I, number one, needed to meet. And number two, we needed to get you on the podcast. Okay. You. Because you're somebody that I admire and I look up I to. That. And I'm super, super excited to get to know you better. So um, anyway, that's sort of my take on things. So I don't think anybody can go wrong, period, working with Foundation Escrow. And that's why you see me at your office a lot of times because I'm literally one of your biggest fans um, and I'm shouting it from the rooftops on, a, on every opportunity I get. So, um, and Rudy got to see it firsthand the other day because um, one a buddy of mine who's a flipper in San Diego, um, I've done a bunch of deals with him. Um, he happened to be there and I'm like, you have got to meet Rudy. You've got to meet Rudy because you're going to do all your escrows with him once you meet him, right? Um, I appreciate so, that, Mike. That, yeah, that's like, a long way. Thank you so yeah, much. He's like, he's like, Mike, seriously, right? So um, <laughs> it was fun, though. It was cool. So um, so let's talk about, so we're up to, basically, we're up to today, okay? Um, let's talk about Oliver's room. Let's talk about Rady's Children's Hospital. And, and by the way, that was another thing that happened. I sat with Natasha and Natasha was on our podcast, just so you know. I sat with Natasha, and at the end of it, she was telling me about, about your story, and she was telling me about Oliver, and she was telling me about Oliver's room and Radius Children's Hospital and that kind of thing. Take a second and tell us that story. Sure. And and I want to take a, a step back, if I may. Thank you for, for saying all these things about our team members, because it's not about me. It's about our team. And sure. And um, you being a raving fan, uh, this is what it's all about, Mike. And I appreciate the team that we've put together. And it's all about our company culture. We um, obviously repel people that are not fit our company culture that have that same focus on teamwork, collaboration, community, um, and people that do like Rudy, Natasha, Hewan. Um, those are the people that we continue to attract and we've been we've grown as a companies because of our people so i'm I, i'm it's not i can't take any of the credits all my people and i appreciate the team thinking of me that way because um i just it, it, it's sometimes it's really refreshing to hear that especially from our clients when they say these amazing things about our team members and then um how they feel about me that's uh that's what why i'm doing this so i appreciate yeah. that yeah and you can tell you can tell your dedication to them because they reflect it and you know having done what i've done i've owned mortgage companies i've owned real estate companies you know i've been around the block okay having done what i've done your people talk about you in a way 
that's absolutely second to none. And I, if I was you, I would be very, very proud of that. I would Thank be you. humbled, of course, but I would be very, very proud of that. And of um, you've done an amazing job with this team that you've assembled. You really have. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And yeah, with all the obviously um, the, a, a tragedy sometimes presents an opportunity uh, to do something. And in 2018, um, we had a, a, a baby, Oliver. Um, he was born three months premature um, at uh, in the hospital. And it was a really difficult time at that time for me and my wife. We just didn't know what was going to happen um, with him. And uh, he was just so fragile. And obviously, born uh, three months premature, you, you can see um, what that does, but he was born in at, at um, over at Scripps, but unfortunately, his situation was so bad he had to go to the highest level NICU care, which is Rady Children's Hospital. So he had to get transported, and we went there. And obviously, every parent you have high hopes and wishing for the best, um, but unfortunately, we saw the pain and everything he was going through. Um, and just the the obviously quality of life and, and unfortunately he just he was only here with us for 11 days and I always say he was here for a moment but has left a lifetime of love yeah. and during that time like everything stops right um, it was just like we had our uh, grateful and blessed we had two healthy kids at home and I had my mom and my mother-in-law helping us and a lot of family support so me and my wife had time to dedicate our time with Ollie, but it was just like, I also saw how challenging this time was for us, but I also saw what other families that didn't have the means or support going through that, how, how this turn their lives turned upside down. Cause it truly did for us. And, um, and I just really noticed like how much these doctors are like, and nurses are real life angels of on earth that are helping these little small babies and giving them a possibility of life. And I just fell in love with what they were doing. Um, and I wanted to make sure as, as a dad, you're here to protect your kids. You're here to support them and be there for your family. And I just felt helpless. I didn't have control over the situation. I couldn't do anything. And my wife, obviously being the mother she is, and she, she was all focused for Ollie and what's best for him and the quality of life and, and making sure that he, that's why he was only here with us for, for 11 days. But during that time, I, I told myself and and my wife that we need to do something about this. We need to make sure his life matters. His life counts. I want to continue to remember and honor him. I said, we need to do something about this. So from that time, we, I was part of an organization called, um, which I am still today peers network. Um, and it's, uh, executives here in San Diego. They, we, we come together collectively, put on a gala and give back to local, charities focused primarily for children so that that uh organization really i told him hey i really want to fundraise and give back to the hospital the room that ollie was born in there's an opportunity for me to name that room for him and keep it and have it oliver sarwari room and i want to do something about that and make it meaningful can you guys help me with this so got they got behind it. It was a seventy-five thousand um, uh, dollar fundraising, and we were able to fundraise, do fifty thousand through the Peers Network Gala. The community, uh, the real estate community, helped up and stepped up to help fundraise, and we as a family contributed. So within that uh, few months that year, we were able to fundraise over. $75,000 um, to name a room for Oliver to make it make his room feel like that, that, that it was meaningful and that it was something was there for, for him and why he was there to, 
not only for him and for our family, but to mainly help all the babies and families that are going through this difficult, challenging time. Yeah. So we did that. And obviously it felt good, but you can't bring back your baby, right? It's right. just, you do that, then what, then that, what's, is that it? So I said, we need to keep this going. Yeah. We need to figure out something. So we just made it a uh, part of our, my, my family's mission, my company's mission to give back to Rady Children's Hospital. Peers Network kind of helped us catapult this, but we've been fundraising for the past five years. Um, from there, we created an endowment for Oliver, and, which was another $100,000 to fundraise. We got to that point. So he has an endowment. And then we, I said, well, why don't we just create a foundation behind this? And every year that we fundraise every all the activities we do because as a family we give back my company gives back to rady children's hospital and we have these uh, events that we put on every year karaoke for a cause which helps fundraise uh for for ollie's foundation as well as our foundation escrow gala we put on every year so i said well why don't we need to keep doing this every year and so far in the past five years we've raised over $350,000 and we're not stopping. We're going to keep going. And my goal is to give back a million dollars and continue to make sure this uh, foundation lives on in perpetuity and um, that Oliver's memory is alive. And most importantly, helping out a lot of other babies and giving them a chance to live. So really proud that um, my son's been able and continue to do that. Yeah. And I'm proud of you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. One dad to another. Um, it got me, man. Yeah. So um, I want to help you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate and that. We're going to help you. Um, we're going to help you. We're going to help you fundraise. And um, I'm super excited about what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. And just uh, I appreciate that. And I know you will. And you've done that already supporting our company because everything that we do at the people that work with us helps us to be able to give back to Radio Children's Hospital. So it's, it goes full circle, right? You help your team members or you help your clients, then you're helping your team members and then you're giving back to the community. And that's, that's what we are as a community. Yeah. I agree with that, man. I agree with that. And I, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like your company, at least the team I'm working with, I feel like your company is, an incredible team and, and I mean, a, a family, you know, I mean, it's people throw that around a lot, but um, you know, when, when we owned our offices um, it was a real family gig. My sister worked with us for 14 years. My mother worked with us for 17 years. You know, I mean, it really was yeah. honest to goodness, a family, a family deal. And um, there are a lot of parallels to what I've done in the industry, to what you're doing in the industry with, all the expansion you did with your family members and stuff. I mean, it's, um, it's amazing. So um, super excited about it. And so if, if somebody is, if somebody wants, if somebody's listening to this and they want to donate um, to your foundation, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, they can just go on our website, foundationescrow.com. There's a yeah. section for charitable giving and they can click on that site and then be able to, to donate uh, to the, to the NICU at Rady Children's Hospital. So we'll put a link in our description, both our YouTube description and also our, our um, podcast description. So that, um, so the, and also our blog, we have a blog that we do. So we'll, um, we'll get that, we'll get that um, link out there for people too. So, Perfect. I'll text you the link too, so that you have that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So is there anything else you'd like to cover? Um, no, it's just uh, obviously I, I think, yeah, you said a couple of things that resonated with me. Yeah, my sister works uh, here at Foundation Escrow. She's been with me since day one and I've had other family members here. And um, and I think that's one reason why our, our we, we call ourselves Foundation Escrow family is because it really is. Um, I, I, I mentioned to you how important family is to me and I've kind of just put that into consideration in, in work and let our team members making sure they understand their family comes first and 
and making sure that when you're they're happy they're feel like they they can uh, are taken care of they take care of our t um, clients and realtors like yourself and um, just continuing to have them on um, it's been a, a really great experience to continue to, to do that and it really resonates with me and um, I think anything else I, I would say is just we're just trying to make the escrow process easy and provide an experience um, to everyone because I remember me and my, my mom and dad at one point they were fortunate enough to buy a home but it was just really they didn't understand it it was challenging it was just no one really explained it to them so I tell people we're in escrow but the real business we're in is the communication business and we really I try to our team members strive to continue to provide on-demand proactive communication to all parties so they especially buyers and that have never bought a home first-time home buyers obviously sellers if they've ever never sold is just providing to help them through this process to to make it easy for them make it easy for the lenders agents um so we're really focused on that technology is huge we use foundation connect um but that personal ch touch is always there so we're just continuing to try find ways to make escrow easy yeah. is uh, our 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 promise yeah and i you you're you're fulfilling that mission every day I can tell you that from a from a consumer, right? From a professional in the industry, I'm not somebody that's easily pleased. Okay. Okay. That's and I am over the moon about you guys. Absolutely over the moon. In fact, I'm shouting it from the rooftops. Uh, and I nearly put that flipper friend of mine in a headlock. Um, <laughs> you know, hey, you got to do what you got to do, man. You know, right? You got to bring it. That. But it's time to bring it. That. You got to bring it. Exactly. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, listen. I absolutely am so excited that you were here and part of this. I'm so excited to have your story as part of the Mike Luton experience. And I'm incredibly excited about what you're doing to make our community better. Um, from Oliver's Room to your foundation, to Foundation Escrow, everything. And I'm super, super proud of you. And I'm really glad we got a chance to spend some time together. Me too. I really enjoyed my time here. Just uh, the past hour um, being on... The Mike Linton experience has been a great experience and I really appreciate you having me on and talking a little bit about what we, what we're doing here. So thanks Mike and uh, keep, 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 keep this going. So uh, looking forward to a long-term relationship. Yeah, buddy. I appreciate you. All right, man. Take it easy. Thanks again. Bye. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Mike Linton experience. If you did, do us a favor, smash that subscribe button, tell your friends, family, and coworkers about our program, and wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a rating. It helps us to connect with quality people just like you. And that's a wrap. Another episode of the Mike Litton Experience in the books. Reach out to Mike on Instagram at Litton Realty. Want to meet with Mike? Check out calendly.com slash Rio 760.